welcome to the Evolving Enterprises podcast. Stories of growth and transformation. I have Prashel with me. <laughs> Hello. Welcome Prashel. Prashel, as my new starter, is bringing a, a perspective of, particularly for psychology, into to this work. So absolutely delighted to have you on board, Prashel. Thank um, you. Great to, um, to, to launch this, this episode of the podcast with you. And what we're going to talk about today is, is stakeholders and people, finding the right people to work with. So inevitably in businesses, finding the right people is one of the most crucial things ever. It's it's not good enough just to have anybody. It's not good enough to have people who don't really support your mission. You need to have people who understand your company, believe in it, and, and really are part of the life and soul of your business, just as much as the, the board of the company always will be. So the question is really, how do you find the right people? And, and how do you judge them? And how do you reward them? And, and is it good to have people who are all very similar? Or is it great to have people who are a bit different? And there's lots of ways of finding how similar and how different people are. There are lots of tests around. The, the big five personality test is one that's quite well known. But we're going to take a bit of a look into the MBTI, Mars-Briggs Personality and Test which has been around for many years. We're going to look at um, how useful that is in business. We're going to look at some of the strengths and some of the weaknesses of it. And we'll, we'll look at how much that might help in terms of selecting great people, finding great people, making sure you have you know, people who are really, really contributing to your business. So, Shell, do you want to talk us through Mars-Briggs, four dimensions? So there's, like Martin said, a very popular personality test called 16 Personalities by Mars-Briggs. And so basically you do a set of questions and you get a person one of 16 personality types out of it. And these personality types are made up of four main elements of this personality test. So one of the elements is energy, where you get your energy from. So there are two big ends of the spectrum. On one end you'll be an E, an extrovert, and on the other end you'll be an I, an introvert. And so an E is more of an outgoing person more sociable and an I would be more reserved person and yeah so that would be where you get your energy from. The next dimension would be information, where you get your information from. So on one end of the spectrum you'd be an S, sensing, and the other, on the other end of the spectrum you'd be an N in, for intuition. So a sensing person would be more, they get their information from more evidence and more evidence-based, you know they focus more on the details and on, on an end spectrum, intuition, then more go with how they're feeling they go with the flow that's where they get inf their information from based more on emotions the next would be where how you'd make your decisions so if you're more of a thinking t or an f which is feeling so similar to the intuition feeling is based on your emotions obviously that's you know how you'd make your decisions you make decisions based on how you feel in the moment and then t is your is more rational so you're, you're making your decisions based on you know the rationale behind things and you know the whole thought process is more of a more of a meticulous matter you know you think more into it than I guess like the F, as an F, an F type would probably make a decision a lot quicker than a T type and then the last type would be lifestyle so whether you are a J or a P so you'd be more a J stands for judging so these these type of people are more they're more organized in the way they the way they approach things they're more organized they are very planned you know there's a step-by-step -step process on how you do things and for a p it's more you know go with the flow it's more you know spontaneous if you'd say 
and then you put all of these together to get a personality type. And so, yeah, these personality types, they indicate how you would behave, they indicate how you would make decisions. But I would say a criticism about these these personality types is that it can change. Your personality type can change over time. You know, you can change, you can, you know, you evolve as a person. You're not the same all the time. And you also, they can also change, I mean, based on the situation. So it's not, I wouldn't say to like, really base you know who you are off these things it's just a little bit of an indication so and it's it's useful because the i mean if, if we go back to why, why this was originally put together it was the briggs sort of test was originally to help women into find, finding roles in the workplace so it, it was a time where women didn't work you know traditionally through their whole career women tended to spend quite a lot of time at home looking after children and and sort of in the the wartime when we we needed more kind of support for you know for for the war effort we needed more women to go into to work and so the, the test was put together to help women find the the ideal job and it was it was designed from a point of view of trying to categorize people now there are those critics who would say well any categorization is wrong there are billions of people in the world there's billions of different types mm-hmm. there's certainly some some logic to that but on the other hand uh, are we not the same in some ways i mean if if you for example like classical music that puts you know you you, you would say well okay we're in a category of people who like classical music mm. so you know clearly you can categorize people yeah. clearly there, there are some categorizations which are acceptable in this world so what what's wrong with looking at where you recharge your energy so a natural introvert will recharge their energy on their own a natural extrovert will recharge their energy in groups mm-hmm. and that explains why people who are more introverted really do want to go home from work at five o'clock they really do want to you know it's not that they they they're lazy it's not that they don't you know they're, they're sort of you know different from their colleagues but if they're working in a, an extrovert place where everybody's meeting up and having group hugs and it's all you know all, all very sort of you know a, a very much a team effort the introverts amongst the group will feel really really tired and they'll they'll want to uh, go, go and recharge their energy there's nothing wrong with that introverts will take a little while to longer to make decisions they'll be thinking about the implications they won't be vocalizing it perhaps as much so there's a natural sort of balance between in that first dimension the introversion and extroversion and that can explain why we do certain things uh, the, the second dimension of the the sensing and intuition so that's where we take our information and intuitive will naturally take information from you know instinct from sort of you know what the what the sort of kind of reading of the room is mm-hmm. they'll be very much into the vibes you know what's the vibes of this room oh it's going to be a tough meeting this is and surely actually introverts can be quite right you know you don't need hard evidence you don't actually need to see someone banging to the table to know it's going to be a tough meeting whereas a sensor will expect more sort of evidence and information and so naturally people who specialize in particular areas of law are, are you know sensors tend to work very well for that if you're if you're quite happy to dig through a lot of information in order to make a decision you know that, that suits the sensor very well for an intuitive they'd be bored out their minds you know it's act number whatever on this in, in this place and it's been revised by oh ooh, crumbs <laughs> So, so actually, that that's that's kind of interesting to see how you know people people react to information and decision decision making, thinking, feeling. Some people make decisions very much based on feeling, which doesn't feel right for me, or you know the thinking, the logic tells me this is right. Mm-hmm. So you know that that as well holds holds up, and also that sort of perceiving, judging. So I'm a natural perceiver. I naturally do things at the last minute. I work brilliantly with groups of academics who all do nat- naturally everything at the last minute. And um, whereas you know the, the military would literally take me 
outside and shoot me. If I had to organise a battlefield and six months in advance, I had to know exactly where everything was going to be, that would be just too boring for me. It just, it, it wouldn't be, you know, what, what about the spontaneity? What about being reactive, you know? And you can you can imagine the conversation with the colonel, reactive, spontaneity, get out of here. Don't give you all that rubbish. Um, you know, so the... That these these dimensions are useful for thinking about you know how people work together, and so if you for example pick your opposite, so you, you'll get a, a set of letters, you get four letters, and so you maybe say an ESTJ or an INFP. If an INFP were to work with an ESTJ, which are the polar opposites, then you generally find a certain amount of fireworks there. You know the extrovert will be expecting stuff done quickly. You know they'll they'll be expecting it to be done with groups. They'll be expecting people to be applying logic if they're a thinker, and they'll be expecting you know a, a planned and processed approach as a, as a juncture whereas an INFP will be sort of doing a lot in their mind they, they it's not true to say an introvert isn't processing you know things because they're not speaking they're processing massive amounts in their mind and they will be looking at things top down and generally they'll come out with actually a very clear view once that view emerges and F will be thinking about the how it affects everybody and so that emergent really big picture view will be great for people and you know it's it's going to take a while to emerge and it's going to emerge in, in bits if it's a perceiver because, you know, they'll, they'll be moving things from one place to another. And you can imagine the sort of the military, the ESTJ, a very strong military style. You can imagine them sort of talking to the more academic INFP and saying, right, well, when are we going to have this and when are we going to have this? And, you know, at 0800, you know, in three weeks' time, we'll be expecting to deploy with your plans. And the academic saying, you know what? It just may not be ready. <laughs> it may not be ready. <laughs> be gone. I've literally seen that. I've seen a um, fully-fledged ship's captain bring in a group of academics and on the way into the meeting i said well we need to we need to go easy with those people because they're, they're going to be immensely helpful to you uh, in, in the future and he said go easy they have not fulfilled their contractual obligations yeah i know i know but they're academics and you know you need to, need to think about it and then the, the ship's captain said i know what i'm going to do get out of my way sunshine and all this lot so you know you can imagine the fireworks that took place in that room and i, I caught up with the the ship captain just after the meeting and i said how did it go and he said right they have failed to fulfill their contractual ob obligations they are out of here and I'm thinking gosh how much did you lose in that you know if yeah. you're in your organization yes of course it wasn't going to be done on time of course and it wasn't like it had to be it wasn't like anyone was going to die you know it, it was going to be a little bit late but it was going to be really good stuff so just thinking about stakeholders finding the right people finding thinking about similarities if we if we find people who are quite similar you know we, we tend to get on with them really well you know you, you and I are quite similar you know we're both INFPs sometimes you test as an E and sometimes you test as an I but actually one, one dimension apart it's not that, that different. You tend to understand one another well. You tend to work together well. But there are, there are of course, dangers in you know, having a whole lot of people who are all the same personality type, aren't yeah. there? Do you, want to, do you want to talk about those? So if you, if you pick people who are all very much your personality type, what tends to happen? I'd say you wouldn't see the other point of view of things, you know. If you're all N types, so you're all intuition, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have the information you probably get from an S type. They would focus more on evidence. And so if you're always just focusing on your intuition and going with the flow, you'd just you lose out on many details that an S type would probably focus on and be like, hold on a minute, you know, we need to think of this. And so, you know, having those different personality types are really great because you get loads of different perspectives and you help you to come look at things from a more objective point of view than being just like having one point of view, being more biased, which I feel like is very good when you're making decisions. It is. It's really important, isn't it? And I think the you've, you've really hit the nail on the head about um, 
those people bringing in a different perspective, bringing in a different way of doing things. There's a huge danger of groupthink. If you're if you're all the same personality type, mm -hmm. there's a huge danger of you um, all coming to this group conclusion. It's a great idea to invest in whatever it is. Let's let's go ahead. We'll we'll start up this office in I don't know New Mexico or whatever, and it'll be amazing. Of course, people will come to it and everything else. And S would say, "Hold on a minute." What's your, you know, what's your audience likely to be? You know, show me evidence. Show me how clear, you know, you, you've, what, what's the analysis behind this? How are you cutting that sort of analysis? Are you sure about this? Because I, I don't, you know, I don't get any data and evidence that tells me. The ends will be saying, well, my gut tells me it's, it's good. It's going to be great. And actually in that tension, you get right down to what we talked about in the previous sort of episode. We get, you get down to, well, what's the attenuation of, of information here? What information are we really looking at? How are we attenuating it and how are we using that to make decisions? So in that natural tension, you know, you, you will get to that and there the will be tension. Part of the reason why organisations tend to fill themselves with very similar people is because it's very comfortable. You know, you, you interview somebody who's your personality type and you say, amazing. Really amazing. What a, what a stunning interview. I mean, couldn't have answered the questions better. You interview somebody who's an opposite personality type and you'll be saying, oh, come on, they're asking me for all this detail that I don't really need. For example, if you're an N, if you're an F, there'll be this, they're banging on about logic. You know, <laughs> keep on banging on about logic. I don't get it. It doesn't feel right for me. That person just, you know, they're, I'm sure a lovely person, but they're not, not really for me. So cult cultures reproduce themselves. But it is, it's a, it's a slightly dangerous thing to fill your organisation. It can be immensely dangerous to fill your, your organisation with people who are very similar. There was a guy called Sir John Harvey Jones, who was chairman of ICI for quite some number of years and he became an executive troubleshooter afterwards and he used to talk about the danger of people all nodding you know if you if you have a board meeting and everybody says oh yes great idea great idea yeah. thank you very much chairman that's wonderful either they haven't really looked at it or they're so similar to you that they all think it's a good idea he would always go and look for that person who says no 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 no, no. can't possibly not in a million years why, why can't you what's wrong with it doesn't mean that you would go with that view but it means you've got a better idea of what might yeah. come up to hit you rather than all the people who are sitting around thinking yes 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 perfect we're a great idea well go for it go for it chairman thank you so it's having those those differences is is key and sometimes it's it's good to be able to hire people who you know are a bit different for, from you to just challenge that mm -hmm. you know and it's about really the blend the right blend of people whenever i've delivered any any major project i've always tried to get people who are a little bit different from me i've tried to get somebody i mean i'm i'm an infp so i've always tried to get someone who's a sensor i've always tried to get someone who's a thinker and if if i can't get that person you know immediately i'll i'll just bring someone in who is so i'll just say look could you just take a look at could you run could you just have an eyeball because what your opposite personality type is really good at doing is spotting the bear traps. What's the thing you're going to walk into that, you know, you don't, of course your personality type will walk into it. Naturally, NFs tend to walk into logical detail bear traps. You know, there's the, the case recently of, you know, what's happened to Boris Johnson. And um, Boris Johnson is an ultimate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course he's not got his detail right. Of course he didn't have much of a, a plan for, you know, logic, etc. And, you know, he fell foul of, you know, the rules on Partygate. He's misled the, the 
explanation, probably because he didn't check his details before he sort of, sort of set out on that course. And that's that's the natural you know, tendency. STs tend to, to fall over because you know they, they are doing something that's very logical, very correct, very detailed, but are no longer of any use. You know, it's the wet film folk from the, the Kodak days. They're still making wet film. They're doing it in the most amazing way, but it's still it's wet film and no, you know, not many people want it. Although there was a little bit of a renaissance of wet film recently, but not not enough for uh, you know to run Kodak as it used to be. Um, so yes, it's 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 that getting that that right balance between them. So Mars Briggs is a really great way of bringing in people who can give you a sort of a view. Are, are you good at, p- at spotting people's Mars Briggs type just by talking to them? I'd say so. Yeah. I'm quite a, a observant person, mm. and so yeah. I think I am. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's quite it's quite a good art. It's it's good to be able to do that. It's good to get a sense of someone's Mars Briggs type when you hire them. It's quite useful to get a sense of people's Mars Briggs type when you're working with them when they're stakeholders. For one thing, you can present evidence and information to them in the right way. So if they're an NF, for example, you would look top down. You'd start off with why we're doing yeah. this, what we're doing, etc., and you'd be talking to them about feelings of other people in that group. If they're an ST, you wouldn't go in with that structure at all. If, if you went in and you talked to them about, you know, sort of top down, you know, how do people feel? Imagine Alan Sugar, who's a, who's a strong ST. You know, he'd say. Why are you telling me all this? Global? I don't want global. I don't want to know what it's going to do. You know, and so you, you've got to start with it's it's a new device that's going to do this and this is what it's based on yeah. and it's going to advance, etc. And you'd be talking very much about the detail of it. You know, of course, like like everybody, you know, Alan Sugar will, you know, be, he, he will he will sort of you know go over to it in mode. You know, he, he wouldn't be as successful in business all those years back if he if he didn't have a good bit of N in him. But his natural tendency is to go for S mode. So like a lawyer, he'd be going through it you know with a, a sort of fine-tooth cane thinking mm-hmm. about you know what's the detail here what's missing you know what's the what's the sort of uh, style what's the logic in this as a thinker it's important to say as well that these these kind of dimensions the sort of energy information decision making and lifestyle they're, they're not switches a lot of people make the mistake at first when they see mars briggs of thinking oh it's a switch i'm either an e or an i well no it's it's a slider mm-hmm. so you can be a bit of extrovert you can be a bit of introvert yeah. and so the further you are towards extrovert the more likely you are to just want to spend time with people the more likely you are to relax and to rest and to recharge your batteries with groups of people the more you are towards I, the more you're going to really need downtime. The more you can you can spend time with groups of people, that's fine. But it saps your energy like crazy. Yeah. And so you can, you know, one of the, one of the, the criticisms, of course, of Myers Briggs is that you can change, and we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can change based on the circumstances. So stress changes people. Yeah. So my my INFP tends to go out the w- window with you know quite a lot of stress. I, I start to become a an S. <laughs> there's, there's, there's lots of you know there's there's lots of d- documented cases of that. I mean Winston Churchill, who was undoubtedly a, a very strong N towards the invasion of Normandy he started to become a very strong S and actually he became much less useful as a as a senior leader because of that yeah. so it's important I think to recognize as well that we do change mm-hmm. and that yeah. you know you, I think what, what I get a lot of my sort of learners to do when they're when they're sort of learning systems thinking I get them to draw a thermostat and I get them to say, right, bottom of the thermostat is when you're really relaxed. You, you know, get out of bed on a really nice day. Middle of the thermostat is when, you know, there's a bit of heat on. You know, there's, there's some challenges. Yeah. Top of the thermostat is when you're about to blow your stack or, uh, you know, you need to need to call the doctor. So what what is it that, and the key thing is to identify the amber traffic light, what is it that leads you towards, uh, you know, that stress response? Mm-hmm. And is there a way of being able to t- pull out the, the sort of things that take you towards kind of grip stress to maximum stress? And so Mars Briggs is very useful for your own stress 
process, but it's also very, also very useful to look at other people because, you know, the people around you will change. If you see the board of a company under huge stress, mm-hmm. those those great ends, the shapers in Belbin terms, the people who come up with a vision, they might be right down in the minutiae, in the detail. They might be outdoing Alan Sugar in, in the level of detail that you can get to because They've, they've sort of gone over the boundary. They, they've gone into sort of grip stress. So it's it's really important to as well recognise where you know where you are, where you are in the best of times, and how to get the best out of your personality, how to get the best out of those around you, yeah. and how to choose people who are really useful and really helpful in in that situation. The main thing is not to choose people who are all from one personality type, but to get that mixture and to to have a have a range of people. Yeah, we don't want to run the risk of conformity. No. Yeah, exactly. That's right. There is there is too much that risk in particularly in corporate culture these days where you know people sort of don a a suit as a uniform where people adopt a decision-making style as a uniform where people ask for what's the template for this what's the corporate approach to doing something you know that's that's a way of kind of pushing people towards doing things in a certain way Mm. we need to embrace the you know the differences we need to embrace the fact that there are a lot of different people who bring great ideas who bring great ways of thinking and the fact that somebody walks through your door and looks a bit different from you and takes a different approach from you that's great welcome them in bring them in (laughs) so that is the evolving enterprises podcast stories of growth and transformation thank you for listening thank you